Today I'm interviewing Liz. She's an Austro-Australian who came to Europe in 2014 to explore her roots. She stayed for HR career, supporting immigrants from an employer perspective on the way to Austria. I hope you enjoy listening. Immigration Stories Austria Hello Liz, thank Hi. you so much Hi. for being Hi. here. <laughs> my pleasure. And yeah. Um, yeah, do you want to quickly introduce yourself to everyone who doesn't know you yet and um, why you're here, what you're doing, sure. maybe a bit what your background is? Um, yeah, so as everyone can probably tell by my accent here, I'm an Australian living in Austria. Um, I've been in Austria now um, close to ooh, 14 years now so it's that's going a while yes. yeah. yeah and uh yeah I wasn't planning on staying but as it happens a lot sort of coming here for sort of check it out and my parents were originally from Austria and so came here to just go back to the roots for a couple of years and then fell in love so that's what kept me here <laughs> but I find uh yeah it's been um a really nice journey here in terms of also from a career perspective so um before I came to Vienna I was also in London for four years and then prior to that in Australia. And the focus of my career has, the majority of it has been on learning and development and organizational development, leadership development. And then about eight years ago, I decided to make the plunge into HR and had my, had a, a started at my first startup job in Austria. Wow. Um, which was a software company where I was the first of the HR in the Austrian research and development part. So it was, building everything up from scratch, setting up the processes, the policies, and, uh, yeah, scaling up the team. That's wild. Like, you got thrown into the deep end really quickly then. I did. Mm -hmm. I did. So, I mean, I did the, uh, you know, the uh, whiffy course of Arbeitsrecht or labor law to get a little bit of that (laughs) part behind me. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it was was nice to be given the chance at the startup where, um, you know, taking someone in that didn't come from the traditional HR path. Um, but uh, yeah, they took a risk on me and it worked mm-hmm. out really well. And it was a great learning for me and it's what introduced me to the startup world. And it's also what I've loved um, having been a Australian living in Austria, seeing how diverse Vienna is, and especially in the startup world where um, at that company as well, we had so many different nationalities. Mm-hmm. And uh, also then <clears throat> the last startup that I worked at, um, at Bloom Diagnostics, we were also a very diverse team, mm-hmm. and so that was also. So that um, must have been interesting, yourself being uh, coming from a diverse background, and then bringing more diversity into a culture, and kind of creating a culture as a company in a foreign culture, as like in you being in Vienna as an Australian. Yeah, it was um, it was really interesting, and it was always really funny because I know you know when I'd leave work and jump onto the U-Bahn or the tram. It was kind of like, a, oh, that's right. I'm in a in a city that speaks German, Austria, <laughs> because the language was always English, and having so many different diverse backgrounds, it was um, very international, and uh, that's an environment I really love, and and being able to nurture that, <clears throat> and was glad to have the experience working in a, in you know two companies that were very open to wanting to get the best talent, 
no matter where they were based. Mm -hmm. And so that incorporated then, if it was the best talent that was located, there was a third national and needed uh, support in getting a red, white, red card or something like that, that we did that. Mm -hmm. Was there like a personal interest in that way from yourself as well? Did you have to go through the process or what was your... No, I was actually lucky because because uh, of my parents being from Austria, I was one of the lucky ones that have an Austrian um, citizenship. So I wow. didn't have to go through that process myself. But even not having to go through that process, I realized, you know, when you're coming to a new country, how um, scary it can be. Mm -hmm. And uh, especially if you're coming alone um, and you're young and sort of taking the risk. But uh, And if it's not your first language. And so having then also the... the the topic of the process, having to go through a visa process on top of that, um, can be very daunting. And mm. so <clears throat> what was uh, important for me to um, nurture in terms of these cultures was to create an environment where it wasn't just that we were a company saying, yep, we want to hire you and bring you over from whatever country it is, um, but to really support them as much as we could. So constant communication, checking in with them, um, meeting them at the airport when they came and arrived, being with them to go to the um, M MA35 so they had someone there who could speak the language as well and have mm -hmm. some support. Um, and that really made a difference. Mm -hmm. And you could tell that we built up really strong relationships and they could see that because the employee experience is, is very important um, for me in any company mm -hmm. that I'm working in. And that was a part of it to show right from the beginning that uh, we want to make the experience really, really good. And mm -hmm. So was this um, your decision as like a first, I mean, you came first into HR, right? Um, I don't know how naive you went into this position, not having the classic HR mm -hmm. path, but um, considering a startup, you usually gives you a lot of responsibility yeah. to start with. And then you can make a bit of... Um, plant your own like mark onto the company yeah, yeah. and um i like being a welcome committee for foreigners sounds like a, yeah, so it was a nice way to do it idea and and you know as we said yeah it's, it probably was because i experienced that as well coming here and even though i could speak the language it's still daunting um for many of us that have come here from other places and mm. uh, so that was always a conscious decision to make it as easy for them as possible mm -hmm. and to show them that there there's someone here welcoming them and that you know their workplace is going to be somewhere where they're you know the majority of their time yeah and so to see that that's a really supportive place and that it's kind of like a family as well helping them out where they can nice so in the in the last couple of years when you when you worked as HR do you did you establish some best practices for you know how to help people to come how to search for talent <coughs> that is um, a third-party national mm -hmm. maybe We did, um, so I mean, as I said, best practice was really sort of also always um, having the benchmark of uh, employee experience, wanting the employee experience right from the pre-onboarding part to be the best experience. Um, so that was our sort of reference point all mm -hmm. the time. And uh, yeah, some processes or, or um, yeah, policies or whatever we, we brought into place were sharing like always having a list of you know all the helpful um links and tips and things for people moving to vienna that we would always share with the the new employee um as soon as mm -hmm. they signed the contract um but before like do you actively like um as a company do you 
actively search for third uh, country um no so it wasn't that we or? particularly look for the third nationals it was really just that the focus was always on we're looking for the best talent and mm-hmm. so when we when we're advertising for the role we're not just advertising in a career bunkdati we're mm-hmm. advertising on linkedin and we're advertising globally yeah and i'm assuming in English and company languages in English so you make yourself a bit more attractive for international hires as well exactly so that was the first thing yeah and then I said really not um, not putting a sort of a blocker on that if someone was um, from outside of Europe Mm -hmm. uh, that uh, it was if they were the best candidate then yeah Mm -hmm. then we would go through the process with them and I'm, yeah, I'm assuming you had to go through the process with um, a few, at least. We did, yeah. I think from the two companies in the last eight years, it would be definitely close to 100. Mm-hmm. So quite a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. Do you have... Um like do you have some best practices there as well like on we actually do's and don'ts yeah well the biggest do that i would recommend to any company is um, unless you're a big company and you've got a team of people that can just purely focus on what has to be done to help these people in terms of the processes and all the administration from the company side as well um, is to use a third party to help you mm-hmm. in terms of the process and there's a great organization um that's funded by the um, the Department of Labor and Commerce, I think it is. Mm-hmm. The No, um, it's the um, yeah. I can't remember the German name of it. That's now okay. I'll link it's it a, it's in the podcast. Yeah, I'll mm-hmm. send you the link. Um, it's a government-funded um, organization called the Austrian Business Agency. Mm, yeah. Or ABA. Mm-hmm. And uh, we used their team because they have the three different areas. So they have invest mm-hmm. in Austria, work in Austria, film in Austria, and work in Austria. Mm-hmm. They have a team of people that purely focus on helping companies and individuals on all the visa process. And uh, they do this free of charge, mm-hmm. which was really, really, really helpful. So that would be my biggest um, recommendation to any company. Reach out to them because they're really happy to help. They're super approachable. They're really um, very helpful, professional. They know the ins and outs. And it's also because there's so many different types of situations with the visa. So you've got um, you've got your red, white, red card. Then you've got, I think, your blue card. And even within those categories, you've got so many different criteria in terms of what the individual's um, personal situation is. Mm-hmm. And that's why not using a third party it takes a lot of time to be able to go back and forth to find out exactly what do you have to ask the individual what do you need what kind of documentation does the individual need to provide um and that's where they've been really really helpful and it Mm -hmm. saved the companies that i worked for it saved us a lot of time um probably a lot of errors and as i say they've got the the professionalism they that's all they do that's what they Mm -hmm. focus on so they know exactly who to approach what to do, what to provide, and if there's any glitches anywhere, they're also there to help in terms of, you know, contacting someone or knowing who to contact to sort of mm-hmm. get through that glitch. Yeah, um, I've already done an episode with the Business Immigration Office. Um, yeah. They um, established um, two a year and a half ago, I believe, um, for everyone. And I, I don't know if it's 
I don't think it's only businesses now, um, but anyone yeah, can individuals. go. Individuals, so they're as well. also for individuals and businesses. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. These ones got they got established in two thousand and nineteen, two thousand and twenty. So yeah, yeah, quite recent. But it's great that this uh, resource exists and Definitely. that HR managers can really tap into this resource yeah. as well because it is a lot of administrative work and it is and it also shows the the individuals who are mm. coming from the other countries um that austria is supportive because the other process if they're doing it alone um it's you feel like it's very yeah. frustrating um as bureaucracy everywhere is mm -hmm. and uh so i think it's a nice um yeah, it's a nice gesture also to show that mm -hmm. we have a service that they can, as we said, individuals can approach them as well. So, um, I mean, we use them also when we had people who had to get their Red White Red Plus. Mm -hmm. So that was up to the individual to organise that, but we would put them in contact with the um, Austrian Business Agency mm -hmm. and they would deal with it. So that was also very helpful. That's really good. Um, did you ever have troubles getting uh, an employee that you wanted that was the best candidate but um, they declined you from through the process never been declined but there have been some situations where it's taken a little bit longer mm -hmm. um, than because the majority of the time you think okay the normal time from when the person signs the contract to then when you get through the process is like three to four months um, mm -hmm. have had situations one that took nine months mm -hmm. one that took six months a few that have taken a little bit longer but it's usually just due to, um, like everywhere, where you've got individuals working on things. Um, these were situations where the, um, the person at the MA35 or at the AMS who was looking after the case went on sick leave or went on holidays and no one was looking after the case and then it sort of got lost. And the challenge, and that's again also why it's, it's beneficial to take on someone like the Austrian Business Agency to help, because um, without them, you cannot contact the MA35 like mm. it's, it's really hard to get through to anyone and so you can't follow up to say hey how's that case going um, whereas they have a little bit more um, the possibility to do that yeah <laughs> and a little bit true. more of the credibility I suppose in the in the immigration office so yeah yeah but um for you said three to nine months waiting period on employees right not three to four months is what you should expect so mm -hmm. um, that would also be any advice for it's always the advice I gave the business leads when we were um, discussing the candidates and when there was the decision to go with a candidate that was a third national um, I always said to them please just budget the time at six months just to be safe mm -hmm. but generally when all things go well mm -hmm. it'll be three to four months from once the process starts to mm -hmm. the time that the person can pick up their um, red, white, red card or whatever visa card there. Mm -hmm. And uh, considering HR generally is a, is a process in itself from the day you post a job mm -hmm. to screening candidates to go through, yeah. um, how do you feel like um, internationals compare to locals time-wise? I mean, it's a lengthy process in itself, but adding three to six months technically of uncertainty if you can hire this employee or not because um, as I, um, I think in a process the AMS has the last word and saying hey maybe you can find local talent for this here and don't need a third party a third um, country national yeah. for this 
they could technically decline they can, here. They can. And that's also what I always um, reinforced when we made the decision. So the business makes the decision, yes, we want to go ahead with that candidate, is that it's also no guarantee. Mm-hmm. And as I said, I've been lucky enough that we haven't had any declined in my experience. Um, I had, had, have heard of cases that have been declined, but it's been very rare. Um, I mean, in our recruitment strategy, when discussing with the business leads and looking at, okay, if we have to replace someone, so getting a job out out, or there's a new role that we need to create, um, there was always a discussion of how open are you to getting someone from outside of Europe and being aware that it's going to take longer to hire them and there is the possibility that it might be a no <laughs> at the mm-hmm. end of the process. And so, you know, there will be some roles where people, will, where the business will say, actually, no, we know we should be fine to get that locally. So we're very, we've always been realistic. So it's not about like knowing the skill set and what is more available in Austria or Europe versus what's not. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll know coming from the med tech mm. uh, space and uh, it was the same in just, you know, general software development yeah. that there's not the amount of skill set and qualified people that uh, is needed in Austria or even in Europe. Mm. Um, I mean, there's a shortage list uh, that comes out every year as well. Exactly. With with a lot of jobs that are lacking in Austria. Exactly. So that's, um, again, been lucky enough to be in sort of industries where we knew the risk is very low that they will decline because it is very specific skill sets um, that aren't so not so many within Austria so Mm. that um, yeah there's the understanding there Mm -hmm. that um, you need to look elsewhere I mean a lot of the times too in the recruiting process um, we could all we were never asked for this but we always had enough proof to say okay we have had local candidates that we've interviewed but have Mm. not been a match um, for various reasons in terms of the competencies that we're looking for um, weren't there Mm-hmm. And that was asked for frequently, or did you? That was not asked for at all. Mm-hmm. But okay. we always we had it there, so just in case. Just yeah, and. Mhm. But um, yeah, like you're saying that the it was always discussed, and also the strategy to say you know being very realistic of knowing okay, um, there are particular roles where we know there's going to be enough candidates. Yeah. Locally. Um, versus we know there's going to be a challenge here. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, it's good to, to be aware of um, yeah. what's possible in your field especially and just generally scan the, scan the employment force. and uh, Exactly. So that's also... Local um, markets, yeah. Recommendations is to, you know, even if you're using a, a third party to help you, like the Austrian Business Agency, for example, or there's other companies I know that provide um, support in, in doing all the... the the back end work mm-hmm. um, that uh, you still, as the HR team, it's still very good to, to be aware of what is the you know, like the list that you mentioned. So you know mm-hmm. what are the, the the skill sets that we know we have a um, a lack of mm-hmm. in the company. So you can have these discussions with the business leads and uh, really come out with a good strategy in terms of what's realistic to say. Okay, we'll take the risk of going mm. outside of Europe or where no we know that we can just try a little mm-hmm. bit longer and we find something in, yeah. in locally and now as well it comes on top that there's so much possibility in going remote as well that's right mm-hmm. so technically 
exactly. <laughs> the person doesn't even have to be physically in Austria the whole time. They don't, but that's also up to what the strategy is from mm-hmm. the company because um, uh, I can only speak for Austria in terms of the labour law requirements and the tax requirements. So there's also things there that you need to be aware of from the HR perspective in terms of what's what's doable then mm. from remote because, um, you know, for example, if someone is in, I don't know, let's say Albania mm-hmm. and the headquarter, like the company has an entity in Austria, maybe they have an entity in Germany, maybe they have an entity in the UK, but if they don't have an entity in Albania, then it's really hard to to employ that person as remote so then you have to look at other options in terms of do we take them on as a freelancer or do we actually engage a third party that um, you have companies that like a payroll company exactly Mm -hmm. that have then the entities everywhere and then it's like a they're employing that person and Mm -hmm. you're paying the invoice to that particular company yeah i mean there there are work workarounds a little bit yeah there are so many but uh so I think that's one it depends of the big... again to this on the strategy of the exactly. company, right? And uh, say from a HR perspective, having awareness of what the options are and having awareness of what's doable, what's not doable from a legal, tax, social security mm-hmm. side of things, so that you can then present the different options to the business for them to make the decision then in terms of okay, what's best for where we're at as a company mm-hmm. and how we want to move forward. Mm-hmm. Do you? think um from the whole process of um first um employing people to getting them into the country to making them feel at home in the country um do you have any experiences with um the biggest struggles or benefits throughout this journey what were your biggest pain points or rewards the biggest struggles is sometimes the waiting Mm -hmm. Um, and say that uh, if you don't get any communication for a while also from the candidate employees perspective um, getting a bit nervous saying hey I haven't heard anything from the immigration department or I haven't heard anything from the AMS Mm. Um, having being able to support them and calm them in terms Mm. of it's okay we'll hear something soon and again having the advantage of having a third party like the Austrian business agency to um be able to um, show them, you know, that, okay, if we need to follow up, we can ask them to contact. Um, There has been, I think it was as of the 1st of, I can't remember, but in 2022, could have been the 1st of October, I think, Mm -hmm. that there was some Yeah, there were some changes, yes. Yeah, and has made it easier. And I think um, that's been really, really helpful in terms of some of the things there. I can't remember exactly Mm -hmm. all the list of them. I think it was um, the point system got a little bit reformed. reformed. Uh, Easier for family members now Mm -hmm. as well. Um, And And there were a couple of other things. Um, I can link some articles or if you have some resources. I I do. I can can send that to you Mm because there's a good one pager that the um, ABBA sent Mm -hmm. to us, which has all the, um, the, the, the changes that happened. So it is making it easier. I know one of the biggest challenges is also was um, that the, the last part of the process when everything has been approved, that the individual has to come to Austria to go and give their fingerprints. Mm-hmm. And they would have to go to the MA35 to give their fingerprints. And before they give their fingerprints, they also have to provide a 
Meldetzettel, so the registration mm-hmm. of address, which was always a bit challenging because it's kind of like, well, they can't really come into the country, especially if they're also at a um, in a country where they need a visitor's visa mm-hmm. to actually come here. And then to get the Meldetzettel before they even give their fingerprint. Mm-hmm. And uh, once they give the fingerprint, then it's usually about 10 days for the card to be ready and then they pick it up. Um, now that that's one of the changes that they brought in as well is that they don't have to produce the melded settle at the time of the fingerprinting they just have to produce it at the time of picking up the card which makes more sense mm-hmm. um so that's, that's interesting yeah but that was a little bit of a challenging one for places because it's like and, and as we know you know it's to find somewhere to live sometimes you also need to show proof of that mm-hmm. you're working here already or you have yeah. a bank account set up yeah. So that was a little bit of a challenge. Did you help with this as well, or was it just uh, the admin process on the job side? Or we helped as much as we could. Um, so it, again, it was constant communication, constant mm-hmm. support, um, and seeing how we could help them get a melded settle. So you know, helping them with maybe an Airbnb or um, letting them know even if they're staying in a hotel or something when they mm-hmm. get here first, or if they're staying at a friend's place, that they can use that address. Mm-hmm. So just telling them their options and yep. keeping them yeah. <laughs> at ease, telling them this is normal. Constant and, communication, yeah. 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 Easing uncertainties, I am exactly. assuming, yeah. Exactly, All right, yeah. But, I mean, we've already mentioned it. There's, um, there's a change in policy at the end of last year, I think, and right. there are quite some reforms. But in your now many years, um, what has, like... A, Apart from last year, what has changed, or what do you see bigger changes throughout the um, year? I I think there's a lot more um, discussions about it, and I think there's a lot more acceptance about it now. Um, if I think back to years ago, um, I mean, from my own experience, it was never because I was in environments that welcomed um, mm-hmm. people from uh, like third national, and uh, but I I think Austria is a or. In Vienna is quite international anyway, um, but I think that the Austrian government has had made these changes at the end of last year. Um, there's there's a lot of discussions out there, and you hear a lot about um, the awareness that we know we have a lack of some skill sets, and we have to make it easier to be able to bring people in from other countries. Um, I think mm. that's good. So it's going yeah. in the right direction. I think there's still a lot of room for improvement, but uh, we know these things don't happen quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um, But yeah, it, it's it's nice to see that it's um, it's a point on the agenda in government discussions. So that's nice. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the changes happen now. We gotta we're gonna see exactly. how the implementation the the works and um, how the ripple effects work. I mean, yeah. Correct. Yeah. So that's that's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. And is there any advice you would give to candidates going through it or HR departments having to deal with? Um, cases nowadays apart from going to the business immigration office getting some external help um for candidates i would say um don't be scared to ask the company for help mm-hmm. um i know you know every company is different um and i know hearing from the austrian business agency saying you know some some companies aren't i mean are supportive but aren't as proactively communicating uh with candidates as, as much as possible mm-hmm. as much as they could be so that would be From the candidate's perspective, don't be scared to ask. Um, you're not doing this alone. You don't have to mm-hmm. do this alone. Um, and that uh, also the company that they're working for doesn't have the capacity to help them that much that they know that they can also go to 
um, places like the Austrian Business Agency as well and get help mm-hmm. from them directly. They don't have to wait for their company mm-hmm. to connect them. And, uh, and for companies just to say that, um, to suggest that, you know, remember it is quite scary for people coming to a new country. It's a big thing, you know, packing up and moving, some people moving with their families. Mm-hmm. And I think even or their pets or, or their, their pets as well, or exactly, whatever. exactly. Yeah. It's a it's a big thing, and uh, I think especially these days where there's so much more uncertainty, um, that proactive communication and support is even is needed even more. Mm. And yeah, yeah. Oh, well, on that note, thank you so much for sharing your advice. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. It's a a topic I'm very passionate about. And uh, yeah, and you obviously have a lot of experience on. So um, thank you so much for sharing that. And your words of wisdom are duly appreciated. Thank you. (laughs) All right. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening. If you know someone or even are someone whose story needs to be told, please message me under immigration.stories.austria at gmail.com You can also find the email address in the show notes. Immigration Stories Austria